in the name of our expansive God of love. Amen. It is good to be back with you. For these past few weeks, I have been outdoors a lot, communing with you know, mosquitoes, wasps, ticks, and the burning sun, but also walking along the ocean at sunrise, exploring the mysteries of the forests, stargazing, and in general, gaining a more direct sense of God in creation. I imagine I am not alone in this. These summer days take many of us out into creation, onto the water, up the mountains, and deep in the abundance of our own gardens and local green spaces. We are reminded of what the cold months sometimes have us forgetting, that our spirits thrive in all that the air and the earth and the water and the sun and the moonlight have to offer us. Two weeks ago, I attended a talk by Celtic theologian Philip Newell. I had been on retreat with Newell in the winter of 2005, and his teaching on Celtic spirituality greatly impacted my life and faith, and eventually my decisions to get married, have children, become a priest. So it was a really big gift to me that he was in the States and local, and that I could rehear some of his messages on Celtic spirituality. At the core of his message is the sense that it is our role as Christ's followers to do as the disciple John was said to have done at the Last Supper when he rested his head on Jesus' chest. John was said to have been listening to the heartbeat of God. And Celtic spirituality has us likewise listening always to the heartbeat of God, which, in my humble opinion, is often easier done outdoors. A beautiful place to be outdoors, from what I hear, and a major hub of Celtic spirituality is an island called Iona off the west coast of Scotland. It's become a pilgrimage destination for millions of Christians since the 6th century when St. Columba settled there. I'd be willing to bet many of you know of Iona and perhaps have even traveled there. And while there are many places to pray and worship on Iona, an old convent now in ruins has become a favorite spot because it is both a human construction placed on the island by faithful Christians full of centuries of prayers and sacramental love. And it is open to God's great, big, broad church of all creation, with no ceiling separating it from the sky and only partial walls to keep out the elements of God's breath. In Celtic spirituality, All of creation is the church that has been built by our creator. And the churches we humans build are merely its side chapels. I love that. It does not belittle these side chapels of ours so much as it puts things in perspective for us. Sometimes we need a perspective check, don't we? And we got to eavesdrop on a major perspective check given to King David by God in today's reading from 2 Samuel that John read for us. 
All summer, we've been reading through First and Second Samuel. These are the stories of our ancestors as they became established in the Holy Land and began to build a society. Today, we hear the very human moment when King David has built himself a castle of cedar. And then he realizes that God is still living in a tent of cloth. How embarrassing. You see... When the Israelites were traveling across the wilderness for those many years, they had built the Ark of the Covenant for God, and they housed it in a movable tent because they were nomadic. But now that David had settled into a permanent home and the Israelites were no longer nomadic, God should probably be given a permanent house too, right? So David decides to build God a house. But God has a different sense of abiding than David does. God reminds David through the prophet Nathan that God has never once requested a house to live in, that it is by God's power and not by human power that houses are built in the first place. And by houses, God means protection, legacy, relationship. God reminds David that it is God who has built safety from enemies. It is God who has built a dynasty. It is God who will keep the line of David alive. It is God who takes what we have to offer of our lives and extends these offerings far beyond our own lives. So God said, yes, you may build a house in my name, but I am the one who will establish a kingdom. I am uncontainable parent. You will be my children, and you will abide in the house of me. Today, I think we are having the same conversation with God. Here in this side chapel of God's great big church of all creation, we sometimes need a perspective check. Here, where we have built a house in God's name, we need to remember that nothing we build can fully contain a God who is everywhere in all things, in all names, in all people, in all prayers and practices, in all traditions and sacred spaces. We in this place perhaps could imagine what it might look like if the ceiling were removed and the walls were brought low so that we could quite clearly see while we sit here in prayer everything that we see when we are out in the world. What if what we experienced here while we sit in prayer was the sensation of the elements of creation, rain and wind, sun, the earth that we will one day be buried in, the water that birthed us and baptized us, What if while we sit here, walls removed, we know ourselves to be in prayer alongside Catholics, Baptists, Evangelical Christians, Jews in the synagogue down the street, Muslims in their mosques, Druids in the woods, Transcendentalists at Walden, prisoners in their cells, immigrants in their fear, the powerful in their sin, the powerless in their pain, God in God's everywhere house. I think we need this side chapel of ours. I also think we need to bring more of what's outside in and more of what's in here out. Walking along the bluffs 
on an island off Maine last week. I was in absolute awe of the ocean. The crystal cold water awoke my spirit. The rhythm of the waves brought God's heartbeat to my ears. I laughed in agreement as my daughter repeatedly yelled, This is so awesome! Out in the world, I see the lies and pain and destruction, and I wonder, often in despair, what to do. In my daily life, I dash from here to there, getting things done, answering emails, preparing food, getting stuck in traffic. Here at church, I listen to stories of God's people. I take God into my life anew in the sacraments. I soak up the companionship of my fellow Christians. So what I dream for us is that we can take down the walls, find the courage and creativity to take the walls down between the ocean cliffs and the news feed, between the traffic jam and the altar, that we can know ourselves always to be in God's church, always to be listening, always to be in awe, always to be aware of God's heartbeat heard in every breath. That in hearing God's heartbeat, we may fall into step with it and learn to abide in a whole new way. Amen.